Hello and welcome to Markets Extra, the podcast where we discuss what's moving markets and what makes traders tick. I'm Luke Monotonaga, Senior Research Analyst at FXTM, part of Xfinity Group. In this podcast, we'll be looking at the different ways you can create wealth and build a solid financial foundation. There are different ways of building up wealth in the financial markets. The three different methods are typically saving, investing or trading. All carry different risks and offer markedly different ways of gaining potential wealth. Now, imagine their three friends signing up for a marathon. Saving is friend A, who decides to stroll all the way to the finish line, while friend B, who is called investing, jogs at a consistent pace. Now, friend C, known as trading, alternates between crawling, walking, jogging, plus even sprinting. Well, this may be a colourful example illustrating the differences between these three concepts. It highlights the different approaches used to reach the finish line. In just a moment, I'll share some of my thoughts about saving, investing and trading. But right now, I'm joined with Jamie Dutter, trader and independent market analyst for Xfinity Group. Jamie, it's been a while. It's great to have a new programme, sir. Uh, it's great to be here, Luckman. Thanks very much for inviting me. <laughs> so, so, Jamie, quick question. Can you run us through what saving is, investing is and trading are, please? Yeah, well, first of all, you know, saving, like you say, is, is is category A. So you're putting money aside for, say, something specific like a car or a holiday. And generally that will have minimal risk because you'll be putting your savings into cash products, you know, saving bank accounts and that type of thing. And, you know, you'll have a, a rainy day pot as well with three to four months worth of living expenses in case there's an emergency. So there's very little risk with saving. I should add that recently we have seen systemic bank failure in 2008. And also you do have inflation risk where we've seen recently inflation has been very low, but it's now picking up. And historically, you know, we've seen double digit inflation. And that's important because effectively your savings are losing value in real terms. So what that means is you won't be able to buy as much as you once used to. So inflation lowers the value of money over time. And in effect, you kind of need to generate um, returns better than the prevailing inflation rate. So that's just something to bear in mind when we're all saving and inflation is potentially picking up. So this brings back old memories, Jamie. I think I was a saver even before I knew it. Saving for my first trainers over 20 years ago felt like a major achievement. The low interest rate earned from savings was also the chevy on the cake. So... When one chooses to save money, people, they want to have the cash relatively quickly for a rainy day or massive purchases. An example could be the massive purchase of a house or that shiny car that you always wanted, Jamie. One thing to keep in mind, though, is that although saving offers low returns with almost no risk taken, high inflation reduces the value of the saved money in real terms. So, of course, this depends on where you are in the world. But right now, global inflation risks are rising. As an example, if your savings account pays 2% interest, but inflation is running at 5%, it may not seem like it, but you are actually losing 3% of your cash a year. So, Jamie, that's enough talking from my side. Do you have an example where savings worked or did not work for you? 
a lot of saving, you know, depends on where you are in your life and your age as well. And obviously, when we're younger, we have less need in a lot of ways to um, have a big pot of savings. And we're more likely to be spending and, and with that sort of needing money to grow quicker. And that's sort of where we get on to investing, I guess, as well, which is, you know, in effect, you're using your money to try and make it grow, um, buying products which might increase in value over time. And that's sort of called the buy and hold strategy. So where we're investing in things that grow like stocks or like commodities or foreign exchange and property even. So the gains can be bigger than saving, but obviously the value of those investments, as we know, can go down as well as up. And that's where we really get into this idea of risk and risk taking. So investing incorporates that because effectively higher risk means potentially we will get a higher return. And, and on our flip side, uh, of course, uh, if we're taking less risk, then more than likely we will get a smaller return. But I really find that the attitude to risk is, is key for investing and then trading as well. It's really a good thing for beginners is to just gauge what their attitude to risk is like, really. And you can ask quite searching and realistic questions about our goals and our motivations. And, and really, it's sort of quite a good self-discovery mechanism, if you like. And I know that um, many people refer to a comfort zone as well when we're talking about risk. The comfort zone is, you know, can be measured by various questionnaires and, and tests. But it's really that question of, are you comfortable at night with the risk you're taking? So be it in investing and some equity investing that you might have in a portfolio or even more risky assets. It's always good to work out what your comfort zone is when you're taking risk. It's a great example of um, a couple of very good friends of mine who were, who were one was a, a very big trader, you know, bigger than some banks. So another guy was a much smaller trader. And we went on a skiing holiday and um, going down the slopes, the guy who didn't take very much risk at all would absolutely fly down a black slope, the steepest slope, uh, without any fear whatsoever. Whereas the chap who was one of the biggest traders I I've known was much more cautious and would slip slide down any slope really and take his time. So, you know, we're all very different and we all have different attitudes to risk and that will then sort of drive how we invest and ultimately how we trade. You have those those instances in your life as well, Luckman, I guess. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And that's a very interesting thing you said about um, investing. And it's like planting a tree. All plants and trees start out to seeds and then a sapling. You know, that's how I see investing. You know, even the largest trees in existence today started out as small saplings. You know, and this is also true with wealth. All the wealth today started as a small investment decades or centuries ago. You know, and when you compare it to saving, even though it's slow pace, as we gave with the example earlier about friend A, friend B, friend C... Unlike saving, investing has the potential to see your wealth grow over a period of time, but of course with risks involved. Investing can result in a loss of capital. It's not a case of you always investing and it going your way. But now you know what I'm going to ask you next, Jamie. You know, this is where we speed things up. Let's talk about trading. Trading has been going on for thousands of years, really. It's just a form of buying and selling where, with the aim of making a profit. So it probably involves a lot more transactions than, say, the buy and hold investing philosophy. And really, then we're buying and selling stocks or commodities or foreign exchange pairs. And we're trying to generate returns that outperform that buy and hold investing strategy. And if you think annual returns in investing generally say are seven to 10%, trading, you'll generally be trying to return those kind of figures each month is a guide 
So, yes, we're increasing our returns, which means we're taking on more risk. But obviously, as traders, we appreciate that and we're willing to take that risk, really, to increase that capital. Of course, no two traders are the same. And I think you definitely get that when you put, say, a handful of traders in a room and you try getting them to enter a few trades in exactly the same instrument at the same time. And you all have the same price. So when that position goes live, really, it's what happens next. Some people will want to get out of that trade quickly because it's gone into profits and they can't really take too much risk on. They're not comfortable with the amount of risk that trade has or others will just want to run it for greater profits. They've got a price target in mind and that's where they're going to stick to. Everybody is different and some of the people will just not be happy with that kind of profit at all. That's what makes a market really. And that's why we all have different levels of risk. And it's always a great idea just to understand what we're comfortable with taking on risk, especially when we're trading. Yeah, 100%. And before I share my stories, guys, as Jamie has said, unlike saving and investing, trading involves more frequent transactions. So it's more active, short-term focused with a goal of making quick profits. Unlike investors who measure the horizon in years, Traders work in terms of weeks, days, hours, and even minutes. When we're looking at trading, I find it just so amazing. The wild movements in the markets. I've learned to always expect the unexpected over the years. You could feel that when you're trading, you have your strategy and stuff in place, but the markets could think otherwise. It's more active, it's more fast-paced. To some people, those who enjoy risk, it's more fun compared to saving and investing. And when done well, it could provide super normal profits. But let's not forget about the risks, people. Trading involves higher risks, although we are potentially higher returns in a much shorter time frame than investing and saving. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more, really. I think especially in the last few years where trading has become much more accessible to so many more people, you know, that it's so much easier to access online trading. And literally, we need a, just a smartphone, an internet connection, and, and just an authorized trading platform. And that will give us live prices, you know, live prices from the market direct on our phone. Uh, and it will give us charts and news and education. Um, and that's so much easier to access than than it was, you know, even, even 10, 15 years ago. You know, there, there's this huge amount of, uh, of instruments and markets, different time frames, sorry, that you can trade now and probably want to get into different type of traders as well, Luckman, you know, the scalp trading, scalping, swing trading and position trading. Certainly, yeah. We've got the scalpers. Once upon a time, I was a scalper. Um, I'll wake up uh, around 12 a.m., 1 a.m. UK time. I'll be looking at Japanese pairs. I'll be looking to take advantage of the short movements across currency or commodity markets. Uh, five pips, 10 pips. In short, I'll be looking to snap quick profits in the markets over really, really short time frames. I'm talking about anything from 60 seconds to five, 10 minutes. Then we have the day traders. It's like a full-time job. A day trader does not allow the trade to roll over onto the next day to prevent pain and um, what we call rollover. Um, that's the cost of holding a trade to the next day. Then we have the swing traders. You simply follow the trend, you catch the top, or you try to catch the bottom, you enter, and you leave the trade open for anything from a few days to a few weeks. Um, then ultimately, you've got the really, really long ones, the fundamental traders. These monsters hold trades yeah. for months upon months. It depends on who you are as a person, your psychology, your risk tolerance, and how much capital you have to invest in. 
Exactly. And I think trading strategies are different for different characters. So like you say, with position trading, which is much more long term, is probably for the a more patient person, whereas scalping, very um, quick, excitable, quick decision making, a much higher volume of orders, whereas the, the other two, swing trading is kind of in the middle uh, and position trading, yeah, much more long term. I'd also probably add that, um, you know, two, the two types of analysis that, you know, most people look at fundamental analysis and technical analysis. Fundamental analysis is really interested in the why. So why are markets reacting the way they do? Um, and that really studies everything that can affect, you know, a country's economy, be it, you know, central bank policy, social policy, economic data, whereas technical analysis it's slightly different. So there you're looking at sort of past historical market action to gauge what might happen in the future. For me, they both appeal and you can have a combination of two and combine those two, both fundamental and technical analysis, I think for your advantage. Technical analysis will give you specific price points really and levels of resistance and support. And that's where you can place your orders um, and place entry and exit points to trade with technical and fundamental analysis imagine you've got a plate and you've got a nice juicy steak right in front of you that steak is the markets your technicals is the knife you know it helps you you know slice you know find entry points and your fundamentals is the fork it helps you pinpoint or you know have a direction on where to go so traders you know you've got investors traders who are purely fundamentals some who are purely technicals but from what i've seen you know from my experience it just cut they they go hand in hand incredibly when both used together very much so i've said can use a combination or or some people are fiercely technical analysts and frown upon fundamentals because they say they don't need them and and that price action and market action incorporates fundamentals anyway again um the choice is yours and you know whatever works best beautiful stuff so People, we have talked about saving, investing, trading, and you're probably wondering which is better. Ultimately, the strategy that will suit you may be influenced by your financial objectives, you know, where you are in life, as we've highlighted, your risk tolerance, and even the understanding of a particular market and amount of capital you have, among many other factors. Yeah, very exciting uh, area of finance to look at and um, something that obviously um, occupies my mind greatly uh, 24-7. It's been great to talk with you, Jamie. Thank you for your time and valuable insights. I have certainly learned something new during our chat. Really appreciate you having me on, Luckman, and um, thanks again. So remember to follow this podcast on your favourite platforms and of course, check out our daily market analysis at forextime.com. Until next time, I'm Luke Monatunaga, Senior Research Analyst at FXTM, and this is Markets Extra. Market Extra.